All right. Notice what it says in verse 8 of Colossians 3. It says, But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And the title of my message this morning is This Old Man and that new man. And this concept of the old man and the new man is something that Paul brought up often in his letters. And not only did Paul have a very strong desire to do right, but he desired for his converts also to live right and to live a life that was pleasing to God. Now, what I'm planning on doing, I don't have a full battle plan like I normally do when I'm going to do a series. I My plan is literally to just kind of follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in this and to do this until either the Lord tells me to stop or until I'm convinced that you've all been helped with this. Because uh, I want to do a lot of preaching on this concept of not just the old man and the new man, but just of the body, the soul, the spirit, all these different things. Because these are, these are very important things to teach you, not just about the Bible and what the scriptures say, but about yourself. It's very important that we understand ourselves because we are our worst own worst enemy often we are why we get in trouble and whenever we mess up it's definitely not the holy spirit's fault it's our fault and it really will help us a lot if we understand ourselves and so i'm uh i'm i want to kind of just take this slowly i'm trying to learn because one, one thing i tend to do in my preaching is i just want you know and I, I do a lot of study, and I just kind of want to give everybody everything all at once. But sometimes you can give too much at once, and then nobody gets anything. So we're gonna we're gonna take this slow because I think this is important, and I really do help it. Uh, it will help you learn about yourself. And so the simple fact is, uh, we do. If you're saved, I'm, and I'm what I'm. If you're not saved, what I'm saying doesn't apply to you. But if you are saved, understand you have an old man that is an enemy to the new man. That was created by Christ. And if we're going to get victory over that old man, we do. We need to know the enemy. And I think, and I think also, if we're going to get victory with the new man, it's going to help a lot if we can get to know the new man too. We need to know both. We need to understand some things. And so while most of us are probably familiar with the concept of the old man versus the new man, I do think it's important that we take some time to talk about your personal old man, which is why I'm calling it this old man. Okay, there's, there's this old man and you have your old man as well. But then there's also that new man, which that new man it comes from Christ. That's the same. That's something that we all have in common. That new man that was created by Christ, that was, res, that was uh, put in us when we were saved, that's something that we all have in common. But did you know when it comes to my old man, when it comes to your old man, while there are things that we have in common, for sure... There are things that are unique that each of us deal with that creates greater challenges for us, or at least different challenges. We all have our challenges, but they're not necessarily the same. While there are universal traits and problems that we all have that go back to our great-great-grandfather Adam, we need to understand that there are things that we do not have in common that are more commonly related to your personal family tree. It's, it's important we understand that. Because often when we speak of these truths, we speak in a very general sense or we speak real broadly about things. But I, what I want to do, I'd like to, for us to you know, get a little more specific. I think it's important that whatever I preach about, whatever I talk about, that you take these things, you internalize them, and then you apply them to yourselves personally because you're the one that knows yourself. You're the one that knows your old man better than me or anyone else. And it's important that we apply these things. And so to, to start, let's briefly go through Colossians 3 and see some things that Paul said to everyone. Because Paul's speaking to an entire church here. I don't know how many people that would be. But after we do this, we'll try to go through and make some specific application to our own personal lives to help us know what to do. So look what it says in verse 1. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ. Okay, this is showing, this only applies to saved people. Okay, if ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. 
set your affection on things above, not on things in the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now, everything we just read here applies to all believers. It applies to all the saved. What Paul said broadly applies to everyone. And these, this next verse probably has something that specifically applies to everyone somewhere, but not in the same way for everyone. Look what it says in verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. Now, when Paul said this here, just understand, this does not mean that every single person in that church had done every single one of those things. Paul is probably, you know, because probably not even though, um, you know, it was probably very likely that because these people were Gentiles, these were things that were commonly associated with them. But at the same time, you know, their, their problems back then probably were more similar to each other than ours are today. Because, for example, America, what, what's one of the things we are known for in America? We're known for our diversity, right? We do. We've got everybody in this country. And, you know, every culture kind of has their own challenges. They have their own unique problems. You know, one thing that's always interesting and in the few times I've had the opportunity to travel to different countries is just noticing and observing different cultures. You know, when I was in Israel... Um, you know, one of the things that was interesting when I was just over there at, during the evenings, I would often go to different places in Jerusalem and sometimes just sit and just observe and just soak in the fact that I was there, you know, and I, I enjoyed that quite a bit, but I would observe people. And one of the things that I noticed was just the certain things that all cultures have in common, you know, but then it was also interesting too the things that were just completely different in, in cultures. That was, that was another thing that was very interesting. And like, for example, you know, Middle Eastern, they have, there's some very different things about that culture. There were a lot of different groups from Asia that were there and just how different they were while at the same time, the similarities, it's a very interesting thing. And so back in the day, people, they didn't travel the world as much. You know, there wasn't this mixture of cultures so when Paul was mentioning all these things here, these were probably common things that they dealt with in that culture. Things that were very wicked. Things that, even though that was a part of their culture, when Paul came along and he preached the gospel to them, he had to teach these people, hey, you all need to go away from this stuff. Where whenever he's preaching to the Jews, it was already a part of their culture to stay away from those things. So it would be, a, you know, so there were, there were big differences uh, in the cultures during that time. And while I don't think diversity is necessarily a bad thing in one sense, we do need to understand diversity does often create a lot, a lot of challenges in communities depending on the cultures represented. Okay? Now, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything right now. I'm just stating facts. But every culture has different challenges. And because we are all so different in many ways, it makes it very difficult when we try to have a one-size-fits-all solution for anything. That's one of the things we're dealing with in America right now. In America, we're all supposed to be Americans, right? You know, we're supposed to have, you know, we're supposed to be one nation. We're supposed to have laws that are the same, you know, and that's why they're constantly pushing things up to the Supreme Court because, you know, the, the higher courts, they set precedent for all the lower courts. And so what's happening in our country, we're trying to judge, we're trying to have laws that are the same for the entire country when we have a whole host of cultures here. And folks, not all cultures are the same. Some cultures, they do not respond to just laws and slaps on the wrist. They need violence. Okay? We saw that in Iraq and Afghanistan when we went in there. And we got rid of violent dictators. What happened when we got rid of violent dictators? The place got worse. You know why? Because over there, those people only respond to heads being chopped off, 
hanging, cutting off hands. That's all they, that's all they respond to over there. Now, in our, back in our country when it was very Christian, you know, you didn't have to do as much of that stuff. You know, you, you don't need, you don't need to do a lot of violence in a Christian culture. It's just, it's not necessary. But we have, uh, we have now allowed just everything in our country, but yet we're not allowed to do any violence. Well, that's not going to work for a lot of these cultures. And so that's why, too, we're seeing in cities, just you're seeing people going in and robbing places all the time. Listen, most of us in here, we don't need any laws. We don't need, we don't need them locking things up. We don't need, most of us in here probably don't even need surveillance cameras. You know why? Because we have a conscience. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Because we, we fear God. And therefore, we would not do any of those things. But we are not a Christian culture anymore, so you know what we need? We need to have stores set up for animals. Because that's how people are today. They act like animals. What are they going to do? If you don't lock it up, they're going to take it. You know, if you don't beat them up when they do that stuff, they're, they're going to take it. So there's, there's no consequences. So can you see how things are just crumbling in this country because we're trying to do, we're, we're trying to follow the Constitution that was made for a Christian people? And it doesn't work. The Constitution will not work for anything but a Christian people. So you know what? If we're not going to have morals, if we're not going to teach morality, if we're not going to teach people about God, you know what we need? We need a whole lot of violence. And not only, not only are we not putting anybody to death, we're telling police they can't do anything. No, listen, if we're going to take God out of everything, we need to pretty much start letting police shoot people, beat people up. I mean, that's what you have to do to keep the peace when you, when you have animals. And that's pretty much what's going on in our country today. And so, you know, understand, that's why we have the mess we're having. Because we have a, we have a mixture of cultures. And people are often always bringing up, too, why is it that Canada doesn't have all this problem with school shootings? Because Canada doesn't have as much diversity. In Canada, they're pretty chill people for the most part. You know, it, it's, it's, a lot of that's changing. But, you know, there are, and, and when I was in Ireland, I was amazed at just all the families where you just, it, everywhere I went, I'm seeing families together. Mom and dad and kids. I'm seeing clean cut, decent looking people. But I understand, they're trying to change that over there. And, what are they, and one of the ways they try to change those things, they start bringing in all these other cultures. They're bringing in the Muslims. They're bringing in all these different groups in there. And then everything falls apart. And because they've come up with a system, they had a system over there that was working for hundreds of years that kept their people in line, but now they're bringing in all these new cultures. It's falling apart. And so that's what's going on in our country today. And it's because we are, every culture is different. And let me tell you, say, Pastor Tommy, this sounds kind of racist. You know, but it's, it's not. It's just a fact. Okay? There are some cultures where they eat people. Okay? There are some cultures where they go around naked. There are, there are cultures that do better than others. Okay? These third world countries are third world countries for a reason. And it's typically related to their gods. Okay? And that's another subject for another day. But every culture, let me just say this, every culture is sinful and come short of God's glory. Every culture needs Christ. From the most moral Christian nations, okay, again, Ireland, they're a lot more Christian than we are as far as their morality, as far as their family structure, in a lot of ways. But Ireland is not saved. Okay, but their culture is better than ours. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I, I was actually impressed. You know, the, the O'Hagans are going to be coming over here. They're, they're acting like Ireland was falling apart when, when I was out there. And I'm looking around and I'm like, this looks pretty good. <laughs> like, we haven't shown you enough of America. You know, you, but th- you know, things actually look pretty good here. And that was one of the things I noticed was a strong family unit. It was a strong family unit. And, and they're, they're changing that. They just legalized, they had just legalized abortion not that many years ago. They just legalized sodomite marriage not that long ago. They just made divorce real easy not that long ago. So Ireland's doing everything they can to turn their country into America when it comes to all those things. But, and, and understand, don't let America fool you. We're only still decent because of the Constitution, but the Constitution will not last. It is going away, and it's, it's because 
we don't have a Christian culture anymore. And so we're, it's just turning into just, uh, it's, it's, turning, it's turning into a horrible place rapidly. But every culture, though, still needs Christ. But some cultures are better than others in many ways. Some, are more pe- some cultures are more peaceful. That's just kind of how they are. Some cultures are harder working than other cultures. Some are more moral than others. But you know, everybody has, every culture has areas where they're good and where they struggle. But where my challenge is too sometimes as a pastor in preaching a message like this, it's in, it's in explaining the old man to a crowd that each has a very different old man. So we, you've got to understand the regulations I need in my life might not necessarily be the regulations you need in your life. You might need different regulations in some areas. You might need more regulation. You might not need as many regulations in some area of your life. Everybody needs to understand their situation. And so that, that's, and that's where we're struggling. Because we lost states' rights about 150 years ago too, you know, states aren't able to make any decisions to help their state. We've got to do the same thing, and that's why the whole country is just kind of going down the toilet. Because we have states like California and Illinois and New York. And so because of that, and we've got to have the same you know, equality in all America, well, we're making all the other states suffer as a result of that. And that's not a good thing. And I don't want to get a whole lot on the government stuff. But your culture is influenced by many things. I'm talking about you personally. Your family. Hey, we don't like to admit this, but our family has influenced us a lot. And even though we went and started our own families, there is a lot of things that you have in common that's going on in your home that went on in your parents' home. I mean, it shaped you. Okay, The home you were raised in you, it shaped you. It formed your thinking in many ways. Some of that might have been good. Some of it might have been bad. You know, it, it's, it's different for everybody in here. Uh, your friends, the people that you hang out with, even your coworkers. Those things rub off on you. Do you know how many, you know, catchphrases and things that I have that I picked up from coworkers and I still use them to this day? You know, it, it rubbed off on me. You know, it's it's just part of our life. And you know, and one thing that brings us all together, you know, into just complete and total depravity is the television and internet. I mean, look at what it's doing to just kind of mess up everyone's thinking. And so, unfortunately, you know, in some ways, we are all coming together as a people. It's just not in a good way. We're, you know, we're, we're, our, our depravity is becoming more common. And that's not a good thing. And so, notice these next things that Paul mentions in verse 8. Because some of these things are going to be things that you struggle with. But some of them are going to be things that you won't struggle with. So he says, but now you put off all these. Anger. Wrath. Malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds. So, uh, you know, some cultures, they struggle with anger more than others. They're known for their tempers and things like that. Where some are just very chill. And just nothing seems to bother them. Nothing seems to get to them. That's just kind of, that's kind of how they are. You know, in other countries too. One thing that's like a lot more common in other countries that I've noticed too is people are, they're, they're typically more harsh with each other and they yell at each other a lot. We're typically in America, you see people yelling, it's probably going to result in a fight. You know, we're not really used to seeing that that often. I was at a hotel one time and there, and uh, the hotel worker, she was, she was Indian and then there was another uh, uh, fellow there from Poland and another fellow there from uh, an Asian country. And the fellow from Poland and I forgot what country in Asia they were there to get they were there together, and they they just started arguing with about being able to use the internet in the hotel lobby. And you know the, the lady from India she saw him doing it and she like stops and she tells him she's like hey you're not supposed to be doing that in here. You need, I'll, I'll try not to imitate any accents I don't want to be offensive but you know she's got an accent and everything and she's telling them that she's telling them they can't do that in there. Now most Americans we're just kind of passive with a lot of things we're just like. Oh, okay. You know, you know, we follow all the rules. We wear the mask. We, you know, we do all those things. We take the shot. You know, just we do we do all those things. Not these guys. What do they do? They, they just start. And they they're like all three yelling at each other. It was hilarious. And I'm just sitting in there, just watching. I'm kind of enjoying the show. 
But it was just, it was, just, it was, it was like three different accents, all yelling at each other. It was, it was absolutely entertaining, and you know, and I, I enjoyed that very much. But you know, that's not real common for us. And we've, we've had missionaries that have come through here, and they've told stories like that. How in these other countries, you know, you can't, you can't let them push you around. They'll try to rip you off. You got to get in your face. You got to yell at them. That's just kind of how they respond. It's the same thing too, witnessing. I've heard, I've heard missionaries come through and they tell stories about how when you're dealing with people in these cultures, this is how you have to be with them. This is how they respond. They're not going to respond in certain ways where like, if you tried witnessing to somebody like that in America, it's just not going to work. Every culture has different things. And so when it comes to all of these things, you know, he mentions all these sins and he tells them you need to put these things off. These are a part Many of these things are a part of our old man that we need to understand that since our old man is alive and kicking, we need to consciously put those things off. And so again, if you're somebody who comes from a more hot-tempered, angry background, you've got to put certain safeguards in your life where some of us don't. You know, and sometimes too, you know, as a, as a pastor, it seems like it's always the wrong person that gets the message because, you know, you've got the person that gets angry about everything. But then you also have the person in the church that doesn't get angry about anything. And it's just like, you know, they're, they're not mad at anything that's going on in the world. And it's like, hey, you should probably be upset about this, you know. And so there is, there's always the person you're trying to fire up, and there's also the person you're trying to calm down. And, you know, what's the difference? We are, we're just all very, very different. And there's, not, there's no one size fits all for all these things. And so, verse 10, he goes on to say, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And so now if you're saved, you do have the new man. The new man is great. The new man does not sin. The new man, here's the great thing about the, the new man is always in agreement with the word of God. The new man will always agree with the word of God. When you hear preaching, sometimes you're going to hear things that's not going to set well with you. And understand, if what was preached came from the Word of God and it doesn't set well with you, that's your old man. Now, if it does set well with you, you know, that's the new man. The new man's always in agreement. Now, sometimes you might hear things preach that's not going to set well with the new man. And you know what that is? That's, that, that's the Holy Spirit that's like, that's not right. And so you know what you have a responsibility to do? I hate to, I hate to talk about personal responsibility, but you better open up the Bible yourself and check. It's a good habit to get into whenever preaching's going on, to have the scriptures on your lap, to have it opened up, and to be checking. And you know, it helps too if you are already a little familiar with that passage, so you can know if the pastor's taking the, you know, verse out of context or not. That's why this is another subject for another day. Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. You definitely need to do that. And the new man will always be in agreement with the Scripture. All, all the time. You know why? Because it's, it's, uh, it, um, it's created in Christ. It was, what, it was what was born again. It was regenerated. And so, verse 11 says, where there is, and talking about the new man, in the new man, where there is neither Jew, Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So notice, in the new man, there is no Jew and Greek. There is, the new man doesn't have a variety of cultures. The new man is like Christ. The old man is like Adam for sure, but you understand all men descend from Adam. And so, again, there are many different cultures. Outside of Christ, you have Americans. Outside of Christ, you have Middle Easterners, you have Asians, you have Europeans, you have all these different groups outside of Christ. They all have their own issues, they all have their own unique problems, they all have their own stereotypes and things that we could associate with them. They all have those things, but in Christ, you know what there is? There's Jesus Christ. In the new man, it's like Jesus Christ. So, you know, it's always interesting. I've always enjoyed meeting family members of people that I've known for a long time. And it's always interesting, too, when you start just noticing, you know, that person that you know in them. It's like, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely your dad. That's definitely your mom. You know, I, I, I can tell by, you know, by looking. And then, and then you hear them talking. 
And it's been that with many people who, uh, who go to church here, who you've had parents or brothers or sisters visit or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, they're definitely related. You know, and if you, if you were to hang around my sisters, if you were to hang around my parents long enough, it would, it would help you understand me a little bit because you'd probably notice things that they do and things that they say that we have in common. Even though I've been out of my house longer than I was in my house, there's still things that we have in common. I probably couldn't tell you what those things are. You know, if, if you were to just hang out with my sisters for the next week, you know, I guarantee you there would be things that you would notice that, w- that they would do, that they would say, that would remind you of me. I can't tell you what those things are just because this is who I am. I, I don't know. I don't know think i do anything weird or say anything unique you know it's this is just it's just me but you'd start understanding this is why brother tommy is the way he is obviously there was something in his home so we all often are seeing problems in people's lives that they all come from that old man and it's important that you identify those things that you understand those things we'll say more about that in a little bit but the new man the new man is like christ the new man is not like an American. It's not like a Mexican or a Canadian or something. No, the new man is like Christ. And that's something we all should be shooting for. We all should be trying to put on that new man. That's something we ought to be trying to do every, every day of our life. And so the, the no Jew or no Greek, it's not just about a position or standing because remember too in Romans Paul made it very clear that both groups were under sin. Now, let me ask you this, which culture was more moral? The Jews or the Greeks? I mean the Jews for sure. I mean absolutely the Jews they didn't have as much of the fornication and all that kind of stuff and the idolatry and things like that. They didn't have that. They you know they they didn't have that in their culture. But at the same time too, did they need to get saved? Oh, yeah, you better believe they need to get saved. And now, who would you rather live around? Would you rather live around a bunch of religious people? Would you rather live about, around a bunch of good practicing Catholics or a bunch of, you know, just godless heathen? I'd rather live around the religious Catholics. But did you know both of them need to be saved? Both need, both need to be saved. But understand, if you live by a good practicing Catholic, as a neighbor, you got, you got the good practicing Catholic on one side, and then you got your just godless heathens on the other side, you know, the, the, whose wife has blue hair and, you know, and has, you know, the, wears coexist t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. Who are you probably going to have more problems with? With them. But again, both of them are on their way to hell. The, the Bible's clear about that, you know, and so... Uh, but their problems are going to be very different. I'm going to feel safer. If I need someone to watch my house when I'm going on vacation, I'm talking to the Catholic rather than, you know, the coexist, you know, house, house of trannies. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it with, I'm not, I'm not going to trust them for anything. And so again, these things that are not about just position or standing, but the, the challenges were different. The challenges that the Jews had were very different than the challenges that the Greeks had. And so, there were many sins that the Jews were repulsed by while the Greeks thought nothing of it. I mean, they, Paul, the, the apostles, they had to tell those Greeks that were getting saved, hey, you're not saved by the works of the law. Don't listen to the Jews. You don't have to get circumcised. But you know what? You do need to abstain from fornication. You do need to abstain from pollution of idols and eating the blood. These are bad practices. These are bad practices. And so they commanded them not to do those things. Because it was repulsive. And they did it too. Because they didn't want to be inoffensive to the Jews that were in all these other country, uh, all these places in every city where they were you know, preaching Moses and all those things would have been very offensive if these people associating themselves with the Messiah are doing all these horrible sins. The Jews would have looked at that and thought, I'm not listening to anything these people have to say. So, the, the, what we need to get a hold of is there are some things that one of you might be tempted with where someone else, you know, they're not tempted by it at all. Where one person, it's a great burden that they carry, but other people... It's not a problem. And so Paul's about to go on to tell everyone about some things that they need to put on as the elect of God. 
and, uh, and specifically some things they need to put on being a part of a church. And understand, everyone who is a member of a church needs to make sure we all wear these things to church. And nobody cares what your old man thinks. Okay? Your old man, okay? I grew up in a Baptist home. Okay? So uh, there are certain things that my old man doesn't think anything of. But someone else's might. But these things are required for all of us. You say, you're going to talk about our clothing? No, I'm not talking about the clothing. Okay? Don't worry about that. We are talking about clothing, just not this kind of clothing. But all of us need to be putting these things on. This is, re- this is a required wearing for everyone at Liberty Baptist Church. All right? You want our dress code? Here's our dress code. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Now we can sum that up and just say, be nice to each other. Put up with each other. Be merciful to each other. We, ought, we shouldn't have this uh, a culture where we're just condemning everybody. We're just, this person has this problem, this person has that problem, and we're just trying to nitpick everybody's problems. We're trying to fix everybody's problems. It's not our place to do that. You say, but uh, you, don't, you don't know how bad this person annoys me. That's your old man. Okay? And understand, too, some cultures don't get along with each other very much. Who wants to move into a neighborhood of half Jews and half Palestinians. Not me. You know why? Because they don't get along with each other very much. I don't want to get caught in the crossfire and that, and that type of thing. And so, you know, th- those things are contrary to each other. And so, understand, in a church, we're going to have a variety of cultures within the church. So that means there's going to be people that come in here who have more loud and obnoxious personalities that might annoy you. Someone else might have a more quiet, reserved they just kind of keep to themselves personality. You know, and you might not like that. You might like the more outgoing people. But you know what? It's your job as somebody who, as a Christian, that you put on the new man, and you know what? You put up with everybody. And if somebody annoys you a little bit, again, there, there's cultures I don't like. There's cultures that annoy me and that I prefer to not be around. There's parts of the country I don't particularly like. East. Okay, that I just, you know, the people out there, they're rude. Hey, East Coast, what is wrong with that place? I don't, I don't, they're, they're all high strung. They're all angry all the time. They won't talk to you. They won't, you try talking to somebody, you try being friendly and they, they get offended by that. I don't like them. I, I try to avoid, I try to avoid the East Coast as much as I can. But you know what? If somebody from the East Coast moves out here and they have a little bit of that in them, you know what we should do? We should put up with it. We should put up with it. That's my old man that's getting annoyed. I'd like to associate it with a new man, because I, but it, no, it's, it's my old man getting annoyed. You know, there's some people don't like Southerners. You know, hey, that's, that's just your old man. Somebody comes and has a Southern accent, you ought to be able to put up with it. Uh, I think that culture there, yeah, they act friendly, but they're always stabbing you in the back. That's just how they are. Up here in the North, we just tell it like it is. I know, and that's why they don't like us down there, too, because we're just too rude. You, you know, either way, these are cultural things. But you know what? As Christians who put on Christ, you know what we do? We put up with these things. We put up with these things. And you know what? We shouldn't have this attitude where I'm just going to come and make everyone like me. No, we are all trying to be like Christ. And in that process, we got to put up with each other. And so we're, you know, we shouldn't have men coming in here who don't like the women trying to change how all the women are. That's not their job. It's your job to put on Christ. And you know what? You deal with stuff. And you fix your wife, and that's it. It's the only, only one you have charge of, your wife. And people need to get a hold of that. And because of cultural differences, we're going to have problems with each other. It says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So many of the quarrels we have are their personality conflicts, their cultural conflicts. We're going to have these things, but we have to put on Christ so we won't do this. And, and I, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. I, I really need to get to the next part. I'm going to try to breeze through some of this. But it goes on to say, And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. You know what? You ought to be able to be at peace in here. Everybody drives me too crazy. Put on Christ. That's your old man. That's your old man. And you know what? Some people are easier annoyed than others. 
You know why? That's, that's your old man. If you, if you are easily annoyed, definitely don't pretend it's a virtue. Okay? Some people like that. You know, that's just how I am. I just speak my mind. I just tell it like it is. No, shut up. Okay? That's your old man. Congratulations. We all have one too. Guess what we've been commanded to do as Christians? To put on the new man. You know what the new man does? He puts up with people. The new man has, he's merciful to other people. He's long-suffering. He forbears one another. And above all things, he puts on charity. And you know what else the new man does? He does what Christ does. As Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Good luck outdoing Christ in forgiveness. You know what? You have to put that on. That is required clothing for Liberty Baptist Church. You got to put on forgiveness. You got to put on mercy. You have to put on these things. That's just not who I am. I know that it's not your old man. It for sure isn't your old man. You know what you got to do? You got to put it on. You got to put it on. And if you're saved, you can do it. Well, I just can't do it. Well, then either you're not saved or you're just very rebellious. And if you're not going to submit to the Word of God, then, you know what, you should go find a church where everybody celebrates everybody's old man. But that's not what we're going to do here. And so, he goes on to tell him some things. Hey, not only am I going to tell you what to wear at church, we just told you what to wear at church. He's like, I'm going to tell you what to wear at home. Look at this. Oh, you legalistic Baptists telling people what they can, wear, can and can't wear in their own home. I'm going to tell you what you all need to wear in your home. Wives, Submit yourselves in your own husbands that is fit into the Lord. Okay, now all the men should at least say amen to that. You know, you know what you ladies need to put on in your homes? Submission. That's what you need to put on. That's, that's not my mom. She told my dad how it is. She, my mom, ran the show in my home. Yeah, that was that. And so you know what? Your old man is going to want to boss your, your husband around. That's what your old man's going to want to do. Your old man is going to struggle with submission. Because that's how your mom was. And as is the mother, so is the daughter. But you've got to put on the new man. You've got to put on Christ. And you know what that, you know what? Jesus submitted to the Father, didn't he? So guess what? You, you can submit to your husband. You can't submit. I don't care how much it goes against your personality. I don't care how much, you know, maybe you were raised feminist. So that's your old man. Maybe you grew up watching Ellen DeGeneres and The View and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? You need to put that off. And you need to put on Christ and then you're going to submit to your husbands. Guys, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them when their old lady is showing. <laughs> you know, when, you know, don't be bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. You know, my kid's just a natural rebel. I mean, I think they all are. You know what? You just, you got to train them. And then, but then too, that goes on even after they get older. And you know what they've got to do? They need to get saved and they have to learn to put on the new man. And you know what, parents, you know what you're going to see? And you've all seen it. We've been there. I've been there over and over again with my kids where you see them doing things and you know exactly where they got it from. You know why? Because their old man is very similar to your old man. And you do. It's almost hard to spank him for it sometimes. It's like you... I mean, you know, Jason, he did things growing up and I would watch it. I would almost want to give myself a spanking just because it's like, that's my fault. I know, I know where he got that from. But in reality, that is, that, that's, that's his old man coming out of him that's very similar to my old man. And, and so, you know, we, we, we've all experienced these things. And so here are some things you need to put on at work. He tells you what to wear at work. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of hearts, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You, gotta, you should treat your boss like he's the Lord. That, I don't, hey, that doesn't set well with my old man. But you know, that's what God said to do. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Boy, it would be a great day if we could all figure out 
that, you know what, I should depend on the Lord for my blessings at work. I should depend on the Lord for my advancement, whatever field I'm in. And you know what? You will get treated unfairly in the workplace. You will get treated unfairly in the business world. But if you keep it in your mind, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do what God would want me to do. God will advance you. God will give you a better boss. God will give you a new place to work. God, God will take care of all those things. But you know what we often do? We often get tempted and we let the old man set in and then we do, we retaliate. They're going to rip me off. I'm going to rip them off. Don't do it. Don't do it. Trust God. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. And God expects the same from all of us because he gave all of us the new man. While all of us have our own unique challenges and our own unique struggles, God expects all of us to wear these things because God gave all of us the new man. And there is no Jew nor Greek. You can't say, you know what, Pastor, I know the Bible says we need to be this way, but you know what? I, I, you know, I'm Italian or I, you know, I'm, I'm Irish. I got a temper or whatever. And therefore you can't expect that from me. No, I can't expect that from you because in Christ, there is no Italians in Christ. There is no Irish. There, there is, there is none of that stuff. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, that's how we did it in the old country. That's how it was in my home. I don't, I, I get it, but you know what? Put on the new man. You can't do that kind of thing anymore. When I was in Israel, I remember one, it was really weird because, you know, over there, their women are in line with their husbands for the most part. But I remember I did see one Muslim woman, like, letting her husband have it. And I'm pretty sure she was a tourist, probably from America, because, like, you don't get away with that stuff over there. But she was, she was really letting him have it, and he looked pretty, you know, it, it looked pretty bad. But, you know, the thing is, you know, in those, you know, if you're from a Middle Eastern country, and you're used to slapping your wife around and getting away with it, you know what? I, when you get saved, you need to quit doing that. You need to quit doing that. You need to start loving your wife like Christ loved the church. Oh, this is the way my dad always finds it. I don't care. If you're saved, you put on Christ. You quit doing that stuff. And so, how do we put off this old man? Well, first off, you, know, you, you have to put on Christ. But you do need to understand who that old man is. You know what? You ought to pay attention and you should know your family history. Did you know, even in the medical world, what is it they're constantly asking about medical history, your family history? Because if you come from a family where a lot of people get cancer, you're more likely to get cancer. Because a lot of these things are biological. And you know how many physical things even affect us mentally too? They'll often ask if, if your family has a history of mental illness. Why? Because it's, it's just more likely. Some of it is because maybe chemical imbalances that are in some families more than others, you know, and how much of it's biological, how much of it is environment, I'll leave that to the, the doctors to figure out. But, but either way you look at it, you know, your family history affects you. Your national history. We need to recognize the country that we are living in. Our country and our culture is going down the sewer. Without a doubt. And these things are going to rub off on your children. Your kids, if they're, you know, they're taking in a lot of stuff from this world. They're, they're seeing the people in their communities. They're seeing the new hairstyles. They're seeing the new looks that people have. They're seeing the things on television. They're hearing the lingo. They're hearing all these things. Have you ever taken any of those tests before where they'll figure out what part of the country you're from just by what words you use for different things? Like if you say soda or pop and all that. Every time I do one of those things, I'm always getting nailed as a Midwesterner all the time. And, and that just aggravates me. I don't like being stereotyped. But you know what? Those things rub off on you. They, they do. And I always get nailed as a Midwesterner because of the, of the way I talk. And, we, we, and, and understand some of it's not bad. If you say soda or where's the pop, you know, who cares? But you know what? We, at the same time, too, you know, we shouldn't be using the filthy language of the world either. But if you grew up in a home where everybody was using that, if you work in an environment where everybody talks that way, listen, it's going to be a struggle. But you know what you have to do? You've got to put on the new man. You've got to put on the new man because those people, they're affecting your old man. They're vexing you with those filthy deeds. And those things, they, they can, they will rub off on you. So it's important we recognize the problems in our culture. And in our country, guess what? Our culture has filthy language. Our culture 
the language is getting dumbed down to where we practically speak in emojis anymore. Nobody knows how to even spell anything. It's, it's getting ridiculous. We don't need to be that way. You ought to know your church history. You know, it's important to understand these things. And let me tell you, it's interest, it, it's, it's an interesting thing looking at your church history. And I'm not talking about like ancient stuff. I'm talking like even just stuff in the last hundred years. You know, if, if you were to, well, I mean, obviously things have changed a lot in the last 12 years, but I mean, even if you were to, uh, if you could go back in time and go to Lighthouse when my dad was pastoring there when I was there and you were to observe what they were doing, you would understand a lot more about me and why we do things the way we do here. In fact, I'm thinking about preaching some messages. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about another series of messages that I'm going to do on why we do all the things that we do. And did you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to go preach that message right now, but did you know that many things that we do as a church, we do because of the scriptures command us to, but did you know many of those things are because of tradition? And it's real important that we make the distinction. Now, it's, that's not all bad. It's not all, tradition is not all bad. I don't care what the skinny jean crowd's telling you. It's not all bad, but it's still not scripture. It's still not scripture, and it's important to, to distinguish those things. But much of what we do, how we are, it is our it is our history. Okay, that's why I, you know what, and people might get mad at me for this, but I just do not recognize. Now, if I went to a church, I would not go to a church where I could not trust the pastor who marks somebody. If I went to a church and the pastor felt the need to mark someone, if I'm going to be a part of that church, I'm going to honor that marking. But when it comes to markings that we do for, about the Baptist world, when we're independent churches, okay, that's a separate thing. That's a completely separate thing. And I just, I no longer honor the markings that Baptists do about other Baptists and other churches. They've, they've lost credibility. The, the independent fundamental Baptist preachers have lost credibility with me in that area. If they mark somebody, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll make my own decision, my own judgment. I might keep an eye on that person, but I'm not just going to all of a sudden cut somebody off because somebody marked somebody. I don't trust Baptists. You know why? Because I know our history. And we have a history of fighting about a lot of stupid stuff and getting caught up in a lot of dumb politics and things. And I'm not interested in it. And so, you know, if a preacher friend ever gets mad at me because I continue being friends with somebody they mark, they're just going to have to deal with it. You know, if I feel the need to break fellowship, I will. But I've had so many lies about me, I think it would be irresponsible for me to just assume negative that I hear about other people. Baptists have proven themselves untrustworthy when it comes to markings. They, they really have. They're not, they're not 100% wrong, but they're, they got a bad enough percentage we shouldn't just go along with it. But, you know, something, so something we need to realize when it comes to these things, when we understand our family history, when we understand our national history, our church history, all these things, it will help us understand what safeguards we need in our lives. So again, I, you know, as a pastor, I don't want to be like attacking another church and another pastor who doesn't have it coming. And so because I recognize our history as Baptists of just kind of being idiots about a lot of stuff, I've just put up safeguards in my life and I was like, you know what? I just refuse to just go along with this. So I'll make my own judgments before I ever break. If I, before I ever do something like that with somebody, I'll, I'm going to call them and I'm going to get their side first because I just, I've, I've seen too much bad stuff in our history. You know, you need to profile yourself. You need to implement some laws for your own life. Don't just go off of Pastor Tommy's rules. You know, I, I have safeguards to help my old man, but mine's different than yours in some areas. You might need more safeguards in some areas. Maybe you can use less in other areas. But 1 Timothy 1.9 says, Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, and for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murders of fathers, murders of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Understand, 
laws, safeguards are made for wicked people. You need to look at yourself and say, hey, I keep messing up in this area. So you know what? I need this law in my life. But not everybody needs that. Okay? In some homes, they probably shouldn't have the internet. In some homes, they probably shouldn't have television. If that's you, just admit it and say, I've got to have this law for my home. But, that is, but then what a lot of people do, they want to make sure everybody has the same law in their home too. And then they judge everybody in the church. I got rid of my TV. What did you all do? Well, you know, the rest of us were controlling it. Okay? So you, you just focus on yourself. But understand, that's what's going on. That's why crime is running rampant in our cities. Hey, hey we don't need the gun laws in Rock Falls that they do in Chicago. We don't. You know why? Because we're a different culture out here. We don't have the same problems. You know, and again, too, there's a big difference between you're going to have neighborhoods where people are spread out are going to be different than neighborhoods where they're all smashed together. You know, if I had people living on top of me, beside me, below me, I think I'd get a little crazy. Uh, that, that would bother me. You know, and so there is no one size fits all for everyone. We can't have that. You're trying, you know, it can't possibly work. We don't have one culture. But again, do you know there are cities and other parts of the world that do fine where everybody just kind of has more in common and they've learned how to make things work. They've learned how to govern themselves, operate, and they're doing fine. But in America, we're failing. It's because we have so many different cultures and we don't recognize that. But it is important for us to understand who and what the new man is as well as the old man because, you know what, you're going to have to carry that old man around with you everywhere you go until Jesus returns. That old man's not going anywhere until Jesus returns. And hopefully over these next weeks, we can cover some things to help you more in this area so we can be victorious over the old man. Got to be victorious over him. So hopefully this message will help you. And hopefully this week you'll start identifying just who you are and who your old man is. And so with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for uh, this scripture, Lord, and the lessons that we can learn from it. And I pray you'll help each one in here to uh, strive to put on that new man, help them to uh, understand that old man and their flesh and help them to get victory over them, help them to have the wisdom to figure out what safeguards they need to put in their lives so they can uh, get victory and be good, productive Christians. In your name we pray. Amen.